Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and he sowed seed. Some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So here Jesus, he goes and gets into the boat because of the massive crowd. If he didn't separate himself somehow, they would all press into him. So he pushes out offshore in a boat and sits down to teach the people. What a scene. I mean, I've, I've never taught people in that way, but it's fantastic. They were all just comfortable to stand on the, on the seashore. There Jesus was a little bit out to sea, sitting on the boat, and he's talking to them in parables. And so he tells this parable about the sower and the seed. Verse 10, Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. So what is this all about? Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one, the deliverer, and he's come to Israel. And most of Israel did not recognize him, or believe him, or follow him. There were a few that did, his followers, this crowd, the multitudes. There were, in fact, many who did follow him, including his disciples. But there were many in Israel who did not believe, certainly the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious. They rejected him as the Messiah. And probably most of Israel was rejecting Christ. When they should have received him, John came preaching, repent, national repentance. Repent, Israel, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The lamb is here, the deliverer is here. Now follow him, believe in him. Jesus came re preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Follow me. He kept saying to people, follow me. Repent from works, repent from Moses, and listen to me, follow me. And so those who rejected him, they had hardness in their hearts. They had a blinding veil of the law. Self-righteousness, works, was blinding them. And that's why they, they didn't turn to Christ in faith and receive him. But those who did see him and believe that he was the Messiah, 
and put their faith in him, they were the ones who could see him and they could understand what he was saying. And to them, it's like the kingdom of heaven was being revealed. And when he speaks about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about how, to, how someone enters into the kingdom, how someone gets saved. It's talk, when he talks about the kingdom of heaven, because now he's about to tell a whole lot of parables about the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven in this context is heaven and hell. It's salvation. It's the end of the age, judgment day, when people will stand before God and, you know, will they be saved or won't they be saved? It's talking about how to enter into the kingdom. And, um, and this, this is a mystery. I mean, it's not really a mystery to us because we know have faith in Jesus and be born again. But to them, to many, it, this was a mystery because they were trusting in works. And so to put faith in Jesus to be saved, that, that just, it, it was too hard for people to understand. But those that were starting to understand it, that they were starting to understand the kingdom and they were starting to believe in Jesus and, and follow him. And, and to them, their eyes were being opened. But to those who couldn't understand it, that were still blind, it's like Jesus was walking amongst them, teaching them about the kingdom, and yet they couldn't see it. They were still blind. And so he spoke to them in parables. And so he talks about in verse 12 that those who have more will be given. Those who don't have even what they have will be taken away. And that's speaking about uh, the end of the age. And those who had faith, even more, will be, they will enter into the kingdom. They will receive eternal life, heaven. But those who don't have, they don't have faith. Everything that they do have will be stripped away from them and they'll be cast into hell. And so even um, Isaiah prophesied about these people, prophesied about uh, Israelite people that had hardness of heart. And we see that's a common thread that always happened throughout Israel. Even as they were coming out of Egypt and going through the, the wilderness, they, they always had stubborn, hard hearts that kept wanting to go back to slavery and when they were under the law. And God promised them they would enter the promised land um, and they should have had faith and believed God and entered in. But they had hardness of hearts and stubbornness and unbelief and they feared the giants. And so they didn't enter because of their unbelief, but they actually shrank back. They pulled back from the will of God and it was, it was just stubbornness. They had so many miracles and signs and wonders and they had so much evidence and proof for why they should have just believed. And yet amongst all of that, Everything, all the miracles that were taking place, all the goodness of God that was being revealed, they still had unbelief and stubbornness. And, and God in Hebrews chapter 4, it calls that an evil heart of unbelief. It's not just unbelief, but it's an evil heart. It's a hard heart. It's a heart that's been hardened against God and believing God. And here there was many in, in Israel at the time of Christ. They should have believed Christ because of the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the, 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 the multiplying the food, the turning water into wine, walking on water, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, opening blind eyes, driving out demons, just miracle after miracle in front of the crowds. And yet they, so many still didn't believe. They rejected him. And that is stubbornness. That is hardness of heart. That is um, blindness. And, and it's because of a works mentality. I must earn my salvation through my works. And what is this Jesus? I must put my faith in him to be saved. Uh, it, it just, that doesn't make sense to me. And, and they, it's like Jesus was there amongst them and they couldn't see him. And he was speaking to them about the kingdom and how to be saved. And they couldn't hear it. They just couldn't understand it. 
And so the parables were to really provoke people to thought, to get them thinking, to get them to challenge their, their ways of thinking, their old ways of thinking. And pretty much all the parables are about transitioning Israel's thinking from works and law into faith and grace. And this, all the parables about the kingdom, um, how you enter into the kingdom is about faith. It's through grace. It's through receiving Christ. And so the parables actually were to help transition Israel's thinking from works and law into faith and grace. And so he tells the parable of the sower and the soil. And Jesus gives the explanation of it right here. And you'll see that even this parable is actually about how to have faith and be born again and what stops people from having faith and being born again so check this out verse 18 hear then the parable of the sower when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart this is what was sown along the path as for what was sown on rocky ground this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. And for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold in another 60 and in another 30. So the seed is the word of God and the soil is a person's heart. I think it's also representative of Christ is the seed and he was sown into Israel and there were some that saw him and understood what was happening and believed and produced a fruit and there were those that didn't receive and they didn't believe and so that it didn't produce fruit in their life. Okay. But really what Jesus is saying here is that the seed is the word of God. It's the word about the kingdom. It's, it's how to be saved. And it's the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It's, it's the gospel of salvation. And the soil is the heart. Okay. And the heart is where we believe from. That's where we have faith from. And so God's word about the kingdom, salvation, the mystery of Christ, how to be saved. That word has to get into our heart. And we have to believe it. And when we believe it, then it produces fruit. It produces salvation. That's when we can be born again, come alive to God and have eternal life, spiritual life. That's fruitfulness. That's what the fruit is. It's being born again by having faith. Okay. But he's saying there's certain things that can be in our heart. You know, the hardness of the heart that can stop the word from getting in and can actually stop us from understanding the gospel and if we don't understand it, then the word cannot get in and it cannot produce faith and we cannot be saved. Okay. And so he talks about the pathway, the hard pathway. And this is someone who, does, who hears the word, but he doesn't understand it. And, and so the birds come and they steal the word and then it's, it's lost. It, it's not fruitful. And this is speaking about someone who just has unbelief. Okay. It's, it's hardness in their heart because the pathway is... You know, they, we've walked this way before. This is the old pathway. We've been here. We've done this. This is how we've always done it. This is the traditions of man. This is the traditions of Moses. This is the law. This is, 
it's actually it's unbelief because the law is not of faith it's of flesh and it's of works and so the pathway this is israel that has always walked this way and and because they've always they so steeped in the law and steeped in this pathway when the word comes about the kingdom they can't understand it okay because the word the kingdom grace it's of it's of faith but this pathway is is of unbelief and it's of of works and so the seed comes and it lands on a hard heart of unbelief and so it, that that word cannot penetrate and get into their heart and so then the birds come and they just steal that word and so that's what the pathway represents it represents unbelief and hardness of heart then the rocky soil the soil that has the rocks in it the seed lands on it okay and then it it grows up really quickly but it has no root no depth and so you've got this plant but as soon as the sun comes the plant just withers because it's got no deep roots and this is talking about people that you know they hear the word oh yay jesus wonderful yes i i, I, I love it i receive it but they don't get truly born again because there's there's hard things in their heart there's stones there's rocks and i believe that represents the law Okay, the, the Ten Commandments were written on stones. And so I believe it's, it's a law heart. It's a law thinking. It's law-based thinking in people's minds and in their heart, their belief system. They, they believe in the law and in earning your righteousness. And so as long as you believe that you have to earn your righteousness, then you'll never understand the message of the kingdom, the message of Jesus. Because the message of Jesus is um, have faith. And receive God's grace. Receive his righteousness through faith. Jesus did what you couldn't do. Jesus fulfilled the law. And, and his blood is the perfect blood that washes away your sins. Under the law, animal sacrifices was imperfect blood. It could only temporarily cover your sins. It could never remove your sins. But Jesus removes our sins so that we can become righteous. And, and the way that this happens is nothing that we do. It's simply by having faith in him. But if you believe in works and in the law, you, will, you won't receive Christ because you can't mix those things. It's either works and all by works or it's either by faith and by grace. And it's, it's, not, it's not both. It's one or the other. And so if you're trying to complete your salvation, you've got stones in your heart. And so these kinds of people are false converts. Okay. And we see them all throughout the New Testament. They, they receive the word. They're all excited about the word, but as, as soon as persecution comes, they abandon, they abandon Christ because they were never saved in the first place. And in those days, there was a lot of persecution for the word's sake. If you stood up and said, I'm a Christian, you were going to get persecuted and you were going to get persecuted by the Pharisees, by the legalists, and even by the world. And so if you weren't a true convert and persecution came against you, you just abandoned Christ quickly. So there were even a lot of people in this time following Jesus and they were really excited to follow Jesus but it wasn't because of faith. It was because he was healing them. He was feeding them. He was delivering them from demons. He was healing all their relatives and their friends. And, and so he was this amazing person that they were benefiting from. And, and so here he was teaching and he was saying something. It's like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll follow you. This is, this is great. We get to eat. We get to get healed. And this is wonderful, but not truly believing in him. They were still had that law-based thinking, law-based mindset, and they hadn't repented and turned to Christ fully in faith. Okay, and even after the cross, and we see people in the New Testament, same kind of thing. 
they they follow Jesus for the benefit they can get and they're all happy about it but they, they haven't truly had faith and believed because they've still got law-based thinking works-based thinking and they didn't have faith and so as soon as they get persecuted for being a Christian for the word's sake for you know for Jesus sake they quickly abandon Jesus because it's like this isn't what I signed up for you know I signed up for free meals for healing for deliverance um, I didn't sign up for persecution so you know um, I'm not going to stand for this person and they give up on Jesus they wither away then you've got the seed that lands on the soil that with the thorns okay and Jesus said that the thorns they grow as the seed grows up it, it chokes the this the plant and it withers and it dies and he says that the thorns are the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth and so these things are idols these are like idols they, they're running after wealth and they they consumed with the cares of this world and so so if you've got idols in your heart other things that you trust in you trust in those things you trust in wealth more than you trust in christ you trust in other things more than you trust in christ those things are idols and they're hindering us from having faith in jesus see in order to believe in jesus to receive jesus and be born again you need to have faith in him and him alone you can't trust in idols you can't trust in law keeping and you can't have hardened hearts of unbelief and those old mindsets still holding on to those old ways and old mindsets. you can't have that you got to do some gardening you got to get those things out of your heart you got to let go of your idols and trust in other things you got to let go of trust in your law keeping you got to let go of old ways and old pattern we've done this for centuries and this is what our forefathers did and this is what we've always done and this is what we do no you got to let go of that stuff there's a new way it's called the way of the kingdom it's called Jesus Christ the gospel of the kingdom and it's called the way of faith and you need to turn from all that stuff and turn to Christ in faith that is the good soil heart that's the soil that doesn't have all that other stuff. It's a heart that, that's open and it's surrendered to Christ. It just believes in Christ. And so it can receive his word. It can receive the gospel, the truth of the kingdom, of who Jesus is, and that I must just believe and have faith. And then I can be saved. And so it receives his word into your heart. It believes it. I understand it's not based on salvation is not based on those other things it's based on Christ yes I believe it that's the heart that receives his word and that word produces faith in our heart and it produces life which is salvation some 30 60 and 100 fold verse 24 he put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field but while his men were sleeping his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barns. Okay, so Jesus, a little bit later in this chapter, he actually explains what that is all about. But I'll just explain it in advance as well. So a lot of people take the parables and they misapply them. They try to draw out all these different 
principles from the parables, different life principles. And, and so they apply them in all kinds of fantastical ways to the church and to people. But Jesus generally gave these parables for just a very specific cause. And that was to help people understand salvation, how to enter into the kingdom. It was to help them understand the difference between works and faith, law and grace. And so the parables really were given to transition people's thinking from works and into faith. They weren't given for, you know, life skills and life principles. Their purpose was to help open people's eyes to see the kingdom of God and how to enter into heaven. And that is through faith. And so this is explaining the end of the age, the kingdom of God. This is like when the kingdom of God comes, the day of judgment, there is going to be the good wheat and there's going to be the weeds. Okay. And during this life, there is good wheat. The good wheat is people that believe in Jesus. They, they receive the message. They have faith. They get born again. The, the bad, the, the weeds, that's what the enemy has sown. The enemy, it's children of the devil, sons of disobedience, people that don't have faith, they don't believe. The enemy is, is controlling them, he's behind them. And so the servants ask, you know, should we just, should we harvest the wheat? And God is saying, no, if you do that, you're going to pull up both and both are going to be destroyed. In other words, God is, he's waiting till judgment day. There's coming a judgment day. And that is going to show the difference between those that are children of God and those that are children of the devil. Those who had faith in Christ and those who didn't believe. And so those who did believe that are children of God, they like the wheat. They will be gathered and put into God's barn, you know, enter into heaven. But the weeds, those that didn't believe, those who rejected Christ, they are the weeds. They're going to be gathered and cast into the fire, which is hell, eternal lake of fire. And so Jesus, he's speaking about heaven. He's speaking about hell. He's speaking about the end of the age. He's speaking about judgment day. He's saying that there's some who are going to be saved and there's some that are not going to be saved. And this is a parable to help people in the context to understand that it's about faith and receiving Jesus, or it's about rejecting Jesus, having hardness of heart and not believing. Then he goes on to tell some more parables. Verse 31, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. So when he compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed, he's saying it, it seems like it's something very small and it almost seems like it's invisible. It's like you, it's so small you can't even see it. And so Jesus was coming and the kingdom of God was coming since the days of John. The kingdom of God has been advancing and coming violently and violently people have been laying a hold of it. And it's like, but it wasn't coming in the way that people thought it was coming. Even John was starting to doubt because he was in prison and wondering why he hadn't been delivered yet. And if Jesus, if you were the king, how come you haven't come and taken back control of Israel and taken over? Like, where is this coming kingdom that you know, we were talking about. And so people were looking for a visible kingdom. But Jesus is saying, no, the kingdom, it's invisible. It might seem invisible. It might seem like it's not amongst you, you know, mustard seed. But actually, the kingdom is great. And it grows up and becomes the greatest, uh, the biggest tree or shrub in the garden. And so the kingdom of God, even though it, it seems so small and invisible, 
actually it's advancing and it's advancing violently and it's growing up and it's becoming the biggest thing here in Israel. And you might not be able to see it now, but, but it is growing and it is becoming bigger and bigger. And it's not only going to be for Israel, but it's going to be for the Gentiles as well. And the Gentiles, the birds, will be able to come and rest in its branches and receive and enter into the kingdom as well. And so again, this is about faith. So you can't see the kingdom with your physical eyes. You can't observe it with your physical eyes. It takes faith to see the kingdom. And Jesus, he was moving in the kingdom. And the kingdom was advancing. And he was the king of the kingdom. And for anyone to enter into this kingdom, you have to have faith. That's how you become the wheat, a child of God. But anyone who has unbelief, it's like you can't see the kingdom. You don't have eyes to see. You don't have ears to hear. You can't perceive the kingdom. But anyone who understands, who has faith, who sees Jesus, can understand what's happening. You, you can see the kingdom. Verse 33, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. And so in this case, I think it's very similar to the parable before. But here, you know, leaven, you take leaven and you put it into flour, you mix it, and that's what causes the flour to rise. And you only need a little bit of leaven to, to permeate and go throughout the whole batch of the flour. And so he's saying the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's like that small bit of leaven. You, you can hardly see it. It's such a small amount. It seems invisible. It seems so insignificant. But don't underestimate it. You might not be able to see it with your physical eyes. You might not be able to perceive it and think that the kingdom is here. But let me tell you something. The kingdom of God is here. And it is already permeating throughout Israel. And not just Israel. It's going to permeate throughout the rest of the world. It's, it's bigger than you can even think and imagine. You know, leaven is often referred to as like teaching. Jesus said, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. And he meant the teaching of the Pharisees. And so he could be speaking about his teaching, the teaching of Christ. Okay, He's teaching about the kingdom how to be saved, how to be born again, how to enter into the kingdom. And his teaching is, is permeating Israel. And so really, these parables, again, are about faith. It takes faith to see that the kingdom is at hand and that it's advancing. It takes faith to see the king of that kingdom, that it's Jesus. And if you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, you won't see the kingdom. Because it's like a mustard seed. It's like a little bit of leaven. And you, you'll miss it. You won't see it. But let me tell you something, Israel. Do not be misinformed. I tell you right now. The kingdom of God is coming. And it's advancing. And it is growing. And it is expanding. And it is permeating. And it is going throughout all of Israel. And it's going to go out throughout all the earth. The king is here. And I am that king. Jesus was saying. And it takes faith to see that. And anyone who, who receives this, this teaching of mine, this word, that faith, that seed will be planted in their heart and they can be saved, born again, and enter into this kingdom. It doesn't come through works and those old ways of doing things or trusting in other things. It comes purely, simply by faith in Jesus Christ. This is what these parables are about. And it's very simple when you see it. Verse 34, all these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. And what has been hidden from the foundation of the world is the mystery of Christ. It's salvation through Christ. 
And in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul talks about the mystery that has been hidden from the foundation of the world. And that is that the Jews, together with the Gentiles, become one in Christ. That it's not through Moses and through the law, but it is through Christ that salvation comes to the Jews and to the Gentiles. And this is a mystery that has been hidden from the foundation. It's, it's been there all along, but people have struggled to see it because it comes through faith and it comes through grace. But we're so used to thinking works because our minds are full of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so we have law-based thinking. It's the basic elements of this world. It's the beggarly elements of this world. It's this belief. It's God's law instinctive in us that we know what is right and wrong, what is good and bad. It's our conscience. It's the law that was written on our conscience. And it's this belief that if I do good, I'll get good. If I do bad, I'll get bad. And so everything, blessings, cursed, is based upon what I do. And that's the, the old thinking. That's why we need to renew our minds. And that's why repentance is changing the way we think. We need to turn away from that old way, that old path, and turn towards Christ. Turn towards faith in Christ. Because Christ is the mystery that was hidden from ages past. God never ever intended for mankind to relate to him through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was always through the tree of life. And Jesus is the tree of life. God never wanted us to relate to him through our own righteousness and through our own works and trying to be good enough. No, he, he knows we'll never be good enough. And our righteousness can always fail and make us unholy. And so God, had to, God wanted to make us perfect in righteousness so that he could have a relationship with us based on perfect righteousness, based on his righteousness. And that could only come through Christ and us receiving the gift of righteousness, receiving his righteousness. And Christ was a shadow of Christ was right there in the garden when God killed the lamb and he clothed Adam and Eve with the skins of the lamb because works, the, the, the fig leaves, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, is, is human works and human effort to try to cover our nakedness and our shame and our guilt. But it didn't work. They still ran and hid from God because human effort and works and law is never going to be good enough to get rid of our nakedness. So God had to shed the blood of a lamb, sacrifice a lamb in order to cover their nakedness. Uh, and that was only temporarily. That was figurative, symbolic. Christ is the fulfillment. He is the mystery throughout all the ages that one day he was to come. The perfect lamb of God, his blood would be shed for us and it wouldn't just cover our sins. It would permanently and irreversibly remove our sins forever and ever and ever so that we could become the righteousness of God. And all this happens not through our works, but it's simply through faith and receiving Christ in faith. And that's how we're saved. We're born again and enter into the kingdom. And this is the mystery that has been hidden from ages to come. And this is the secret to all the parables, to understanding the parables. And when you see this, then you better interpret all the parables and unlock them because you have the keys. You understand the mystery. And it's very simple. The mystery is Christ and it's faith in Christ. It's not works. It's faith in Christ. Verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. So they, they really wanting to understand. It's like they, they just not quite grasping it. They've still got that old thinking, but they can see it. They, they're starting to see it and they're starting to understand and their eyes are starting to be uncovered. But it's taking them a while because it's just been years and years and centuries 
of that old way of doing things, that old thinking. And Jesus was coming. He was provoking Israel. He was breaking them out. He was, he was busting them out of this old way of thinking. And sometimes he had to challenge them. Sometimes he had to provoke them. And, uh, and so the, the parables was one of the ways he does this. And you can see that the disciples are provoked. They, they, because parables and riddles make you hungry. I want to figure it out. I want to know what that means. And so that's why he told parables, because it, it makes people hungry and want to know what it means. I want to understand the mystery. And it draws them in to ask the right questions so that later he can explain it to them and hopefully they can understand. In verse 37, he answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So this is about recognizing the kingdom of God and how valuable it is. And it's about us not just wanting to add it to our life so that we can be blessed. Like many of the Jewish people, they were just trying to add Christ to their life because he was feeding them, he was healing them. So we'll just add the kingdom to our life and we'll carry on with our lives. No, we go and we sell everything that we have and we give up all of those things and we put everything we have into Christ, receiving Christ and into the kingdom of God. And this is very much in line with where Jesus talks about if you try to um, keep your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life, you will gain your life. And this is all about receiving Christ and putting your faith in him, seeing the kingdom and, and walking in that, not rejecting it and walking in all your old things, but it's giving up those things so that you can receive Christ and enter into the kingdom. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So again, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. So it's people that are looking for the kingdom. They're looking, where is the kingdom? How do we get into the kingdom? We're waiting for the kingdom. Many people in Jerusalem, they were waiting for the kingdom. They were searching for it. They didn't know exactly when it was going to come, how it was going to come, but they knew it was going to come. And so they were waiting for it. And so Jesus really is saying, the kingdom has come. The kingdom is coming. I am the king of that kingdom. I am the pearl of great price. Now go and sell everything you have and come and buy into this. Come and believe in this. Come and receive. Come and take a hold of it. And so that's what the merchant did. He sold everything he had so that he could buy this pearl of great price. And it's not talking about buying salvation. It's talking about giving up everything to receive Christ and to follow Christ. And then that's how you enter into the kingdom. Verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and, and gathered fish of every kind. 
When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That one is pretty self-explanatory. If you don't understand that one, then you're really struggling. <laughs> so it's very similar to the weed and the wheat. It's the good fish and the bad fish. It's the, this, the kingdom in this situation is talking about the end of the age. At the end of the age, there's going to be a judgment day. Everyone will stand before God. And the unrighteous that have rejected Christ are like the bad fish that will go and be thrown into the fiery furnace. The good fish are those that receive Christ, had faith. They will enter into the kingdom. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Verse 51. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Now, what does that mean? Jesus asked them, do you understand all these things? And they just say, yes. The, the reality is, I don't think they did. But they're trying very hard to understand them. And they slowly are understanding them. And Jesus is a wonderful teacher and a wonderful mentor. And he's training them in these things. And he says to them, every scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven. So a scribe is someone who is very familiar with the scriptures. They might know the scriptures but they may not understand the scriptures. But a scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of God, they are people that know all the scriptures, but all of a sudden they're being trained in the kingdom of God and understanding is coming. Once understanding comes, all of a sudden the scriptures come to life and they understand all the scriptures. And so he says, they like the master of a house who out of his treasure brings out what is new and what is old. In other words, someone who doesn't just know the scriptures, but they understand this mystery of the kingdom of Christ, then when they look at the scriptures, they'll be able to see Jesus in the scriptures. They'll be able to explain the law and the prophets, how they point to Christ. You remember just after Jesus' resurrection, he met the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he explained to them the scriptures, beginning with Moses and all through the prophets. And he explained to them all the scriptures that spoke about him. And he, and he revealed them and he opened their eyes. And suddenly they understood the scriptures. They understood what the scriptures were actually saying and that they were all pointing towards Christ. And so a scribe, someone who is very familiar with the scriptures, when they have understanding of the kingdom of Jesus, then all of a sudden they bring out of their treasures, the, the treasure of the word of God. They bring that treasure to life, the revelation, the riches that are in the word. They can help other people to actually properly understand the scriptures. Verse 53, when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there and coming to his hometown, which is Nazareth, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? 
and they took offense at him. Remember, blessed is he who is not offended at me. His hometown, they took offense at him. They're like, who is this man? Who does he think he is? He's just some man. They didn't recognize him as Messiah, as the anointed one. I said, where did he get all these? How's he doing all these mighty works? I mean, hello, you saw him doing mighty works. Can't you see he's not just some man? He's the anointed Messiah of God. And yet they, they, they took offense at him because they, they knew him. They knew the family. It's like, how can someone we know, we saw the little boy growing up. How can he be the Messiah, the Son of God? But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So here in his hometown, the people, they didn't accept him for who he was, the Messiah. They just looked at natural things. They remember him when he was a boy running around, his son of Joseph. They knew Joseph, Mary. They knew Mary. They knew all of his brothers and sisters. They were just familiar. They were over familiar with him. They just looked at the natural. They didn't see the supernatural and they refused to accept it. Even though Jesus was doing some mighty mighty works and they heard about the mighty works and but they they and he was operating an incredible wisdom and yet they just resisted it it's like again that stubbornness the hardness of their hearts they rejected him and so you can see Jesus when he talks he talks about those that reject him and there's some that follow him and believe but many who reject him and in this case Nazareth was rejecting him and because they didn't have faith and because they didn't believe, he couldn't do many mighty works. And so he perhaps he did a few. Perhaps there were some who believed because they he did do some some mighty works. In verse 54, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? And so he was doing some mighty, mighty works, but he didn't do many mighty works because of their unbelief. And so perhaps there were some that had faith. They were receiving him, believing. But it seems as though most of them didn't. And they, they had that hardness of heart. They had that unbelief. And because of that, he couldn't do mighty works. And if you look in other places in the scriptures, the crowds came to him and they were believing him and they were receiving him and they received miracles. Many of them knelt at his feet, fell at his feet, put the sick at his feet, begged if they could just touch the hem of his garment. And all those who did were healed. And so everyone who came to Christ in faith, they received miracles. They received healing. But those who didn't have faith, they had unbelief, they didn't receive anything. Many times Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done. And so they rejected him as the Savior, as Messiah, and they had unbelief. And because of that, he couldn't do mighty works. And faith is the conductor of heaven, of the power of God. You know, and so a lot of people, they, they'll ask, well, why, didn't I, why don't I get healed? I, I've prayed, I've asked God for healing many times. Why don't I get healed? And we get very afraid to tell them because of your unbelief, because you don't have faith. You know, we, we're afraid of hurting their feelings. We're afraid of offending them. And so we play the nice guy, the nice person, and, and then we complicate things. But it's actually very simple. Those who had faith received miracles. Those with unbelief couldn't. Receive. He couldn't do mighty miracles because of their unbelief. He wanted to. He was there to, but he couldn't because of their unbelief. It was only a few people that would have had faith. They received the miracle. And so if we want to keep this thing really simple, 
have faith in God, have faith in Jesus and just be honest. You know, there's times when I've had the flu and I've prayed, God heal me and I didn't get healed. And I don't, and I don't think, oh, well, it's obviously not God's will to heal me. I just think, no, I just, my faith is just not happening right now. I I need to build my faith. I'm doubting. I don't really believe God's going to heal me. And there's, there's other times when I have prayed and I have been healed. And there's been many people that I've prayed for in faith and they've been healed. Others that I pray, I know I'm not operating in faith and I know they're not going to get healed and they don't get healed or they don't have faith. There's other people you pray for them. You just know they've got faith and just the miracle seems to happen so easy. And then there's those that don't have faith. I'm struggling with my faith. I'm in my head. I'm thinking I'll pray for you, but I know you're not going to get healed. You know, and generally they don't. Sometimes in those situations they do. And, you know, you can't always explain this. I'm not an expert in this, but I I do know that from Scripture, faith really is the conductor of the power of God. And Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be so. And people got healed. And there was times when Jesus, he wasn't afraid. Disciples said, how come we couldn't get them healed? And he said, because of your unbelief. And Jesus often rebuked people saying, oh, unbelieving generation, how much longer shall I be with you? And so if we want to make it really simple, have faith in God. If you've got unbelief, then you need to work on that. You need to read the word of God, study the word, because faith comes from hearing the word of God. Get Jesus into your heart. Get the seed of Christ, the seed of his word into your heart. Get dependence on other things. Trust in other things. Get that out of your heart. And so you can have the, the heart that is good soil that receives the seed of God and just believes, understand and just believes. And I tell you, as that seed comes into heart and we believe it, it will produce fruit. Amen. And that is the simplicity of faith. Hey, this is Ryan Rufus, and I hope you enjoyed this last chapter. Could I ask if you've been blessed by the Grace Bible Commentary, would you consider making a donation to New Nature Ministries to help support the ongoing work of the Grace Bible Commentary? That would be greatly appreciated. To do that, simply go to newnatureministries.org. Thank you and God bless.